0: All right, episode two, season two. We're here from the studio in Central Coast of California, and it's so awesome to continue this conversation on hindrances to healing. We just walked through uh, number six and seven, hindrances of your list of 12. Has it yeah. grown? Yes. No, it's still 12. So we're gonna pick up on, on uh, six, seven, number eight. But again, we wanna just remind you the reason we're building out this, or the reason Dad, and I'm just getting to dialogue with him back and forth, is we want to give you fuel. We want to give you tools to combat uh, the the liar. When the devil speaks, his native language is only to lie, and it's only to cause us to doubt in God's word. So these hindrances um, are are ways for you to go to search out the scriptures that Dad and I are referencing, and so that you can build your own tools. So that when the enemy says, no, God's word's not for today. His power, no, he diminished. No, when Christ reigned and when the apostles died. So when we build ourselves up in faith, we need things to build our faith, and nothing builds our faith. We had this talk this morning over coffee. What is the word of God is just believing the truth and combating those lies with the truth. So, Dad, why don't you just pick us up on, I think we're set at number eight, two hindrances of healing.
1: So I believe that number eight, hindrance to healing, is unconfessed sin Mm. that makes your conscience not clear with God. Mm. Paul told Timothy that the goal of the scriptures is that we would love from a pure heart with a clear conscience with a sincere faith. Yes. And so if our conscience isn't clear because the Holy Spirit is convicted of something, we just need to confess it. And Mm. so the verse would be James 5.16 where he said, confess your sins to one another. Yeah then you can pray for each other and be healed. Hmm. And so a lot of times, unconfessed sin keeps healing from coming. Now, let me make a mm-hmm. disclaimer on this. Everybody that Jesus healed in the Gospels had sin that wasn't confessed. Right. I'm talking about a believer's life that this podcast is going to believers the that go to yes. churches. If the Holy Spirit's convicted you of something and you haven't confessed it, you need to confess it. You need to repent. Amen. Stop. Walk in obedient to the Word so your conscience is clear then your faith can be sincere. And so I really believe it's important to keep your conscience clear, okay? Yes. Uh, One of the biblical examples is Acts 19 revival when Ephesus had the revival where Paul started with 12. And after about four years, there's 50,000 believers because revival exploded. Um, at the beginning of that revival, there was such conviction and power that people stood in line publicly Hmm. to confess sins and to burn their witchcraft books. Right, And then there were so many miracles that that came that you couldn't keep track of it. And so I think that confessing sin is one of the things that removes hindrances. And what I mean by that is when your conscience is clear between you and God, then your faith can be really simple and childlike. Where you don't feel like, you know, Hebrews 4 says... Therefore, uh, we can approach the throne of grace with boldness to obtain help in our time of need. Nobody's going to come boldly to God if you think you're trying to cover up something. So that's, that's so, why confessing sin makes it makes you feel like you can run right to God. So good. And it's not because of what you've done. It's because you've been obedient to what His Word is telling you to get obedient about. And yes. so let me give you an example of what happened to me, Chad. One time I went yeah. to New York City to preach a revival over a weekend And I was scheduled to preach on Saturday. Hmm. It started on Friday night. I was going to do Saturday and Sunday morning. And at night in my hotel room Friday night, the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to preach. Hmm. I want you to have the people confess sin. And I didn't know what that even meant. I'd never done that before. And I got to this church, and the pastor was there, and all the people, and they fed me breakfast, and everybody's excited about the day. And I said, I got up and I said, The Lord won't let me preach this morning. He told me we're going to confess sins publicly until we're done. Yay. And I thought, oh, my word, this is weird. This is going to go over really, really bad. And I just put a mic on the stage that was in a little thing like this. And I sat on the front row from 9 in the morning until 9 at night. For 12 hours. It never ended. <laughs> oh. I mean, people people confess sins from 60, 70, 80 years before. Wow. They, they confessed them. Okay, so I went to bed that night thinking that's the weirdest day I've ever been a part of. I don't even know what just happened. And on Sunday morning, we were scheduled to have two services. You know, the first was 9, and then the second one was like 11.30. Well, we started at 9, and we didn't leave until 5.30 that night with one service. There was over 400 healings. When we left that day, the whole altar was lined with medicine. that people just brought their medicine up and stacked it on the off. On the altar. Wow. I remember there was a guy there, a a, a Nazarene evangelist named Chuck Milhoff, who actually came with me because he was so hungry to see revival. And he wrote it in some evangelist magazine, that that what he witnessed. He said, I've never seen 12 hours of public confession of sin, and I've never seen 400 people healed in one service where the whole altar was lying with medicine because people felt God healed their bodies. And so I think one of the main hindrances of healings for Christians, not unbelievers, unbelievers get healed all the time. Hmm. without knowing that they're, they're sinning. Yes. But I'm talking about people in the church that God's talked to them about something and they've just tried to avoid it. It blocks their faith from being simple and pure. And so we just need to get our hearts clear with God. Then we have faith that'll believe for anything God's word says. Yes. And the beautiful thing about that is one of our favorite
0: passages, one of my favorite books is Hebrews because it just makes much of the supremacy of Jesus. I just love it. Whenever I'm in a lull, this is a life hack. I just read Hebrews and just get doused again with the revelation of Jesus, Hebrews and Colossians, especially for me personally. But I love Hebrews 10 when he talks about the, the, the new and living way that's been opened to us. One of the, the fruits of walking and living in that new and living way is that our conscience are, are, are cleansed. It's, it's better than the blood of bulls and goats, that we don't have to live out of a shame-sin mindset mentality, but a son or daughter royal co-heir with Jesus mentality. And with Jesus, Father, I, I'm, I'm thinking of John 11, I know that you always hear me. And so this, whatever the Father wants and wills and, and His kingdom manifest, ma- manifesting has no friction through the Son because the Son knows who He is. He's a beloved of the Father. And so I love this, this hindrance being defeated in us of a conscience that's weak and i would i always say this i i was raised in a holiness tradition and i'm so thankful for that cuz i have such a high high value for holiness the fear of god wanting to please him but one of those things one of the things i'm thankful for my upbringing dad uh in your household is is that that desire to maintain a clear conscience and this this can look silly if you're a believer i remember i was with a friend the other day and and uh a couple months ago and he mentioned something uh, referring back to a story or a, 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 a memory that we shared. And the way he shared it, it, it had information that I actually never said. But in my heart, I'm like, man, that's not the full narrative. That, and, and so it, I'm illustrating how silly it was to anyone else. But because my heart wants to maintain clear, I had nothing to do with sin. It was just, I wanted to make something clear just because in my heart, I have such a high value, Lord, Lord. There was a little prick in my conscience. So I'm just so my point in bringing that silly story up, and it was actually very silly, is I would rather look like a fool of, God, if you've revealed something, I'm just going to confess it to a brother. I'm just going to make it right, make amends, and have them be like, dude, that wasn't even a big deal. Then hold on to things and build up a lifetime of a clouded conscience so that whatever God wants to do in and then among and then through can just come forth with no Friction, so I I love this hindrance about just as for believers especially that our conscience can just stay clear, and man, this is just perpetual work, and that's why
1: we need brothers and we need sisters. So, what's hindrance number nine? Hindrance number nine is fear. Hmm. Fear blocks us from receiving healing all the time, Hmm. and that's why there's 366 verses that say don't fear. Okay, Paul says in Galatians 5:6 that the only thing that counts is faith. Working through love. So let's just mm. think about the two components of the only thing that counts, or the right. only thing that matters. Right. Faith is the substance of things you hope for. Yeah. And so you don't ever hope for things you're afraid of. So mm. fears the substance of things you don't want to happen. Yes. They're opposite. One of them comes from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans mm. 10, 17, and hearing by the Word of God. So faith is what you get from the Word. Fear is what you get from every other source and circumstance.
0: That's so but, good.
1: But the only thing that counts is faith working through love. Now, interesting. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love can't fail. Mm-hmm. 1 John four eighteen, it gets rid of all fear. Yeah. So faith and love are the antithesis or opposite polar ends of fear and unbelief. Belief. Hmm. They're the opposite ends. Say that again, faith and love. Faith and love are the antithesis or the opposite polar end to fear and unbelief. Hmm. And that's why Paul said the only thing that matters hmm. is faith working through love. Hmm. So I'll give you an example in the Bible. Yes, This is one of my favorite examples, Mark 5 story where Jesus is just doing his normal, walking through the villages you know, with his disciples, everything because the father told him probably to go there. And a man comes up to him named Jairus and mm-hmm. says, Jesus, my daughter is sick. If you come, she'll be made well. So I love that. That statement alone hmm. started what I call a procession of faith. Yes. Usually it takes somebody's statement of faith that starts the procession of faith or a revival. Hmm. Or a move of the Spirit. Yes. God always responds to faith. He doesn't respond to trouble. He doesn't respond to calamity. He doesn't operate with pity or Mm. sympathy. He operates with compassion to faith. He Mm. sees faith. Faith wows God, okay? Mm. So this Jairus, who's, by the way, his Hebrew name means faithful one. It's kind of interesting. Jesus, my daughter's sick. If you come and pray, I know she'll get well. I'm coming. Wow. And so it starts a procession of faith. Mm. So... Everybody starts talking. Hey, the religious guy, Jairus, Jesus is coming to his house to heal his daughter. Jesus is coming to his house. So all of a sudden, the crowd draws a crowd, draws a crowd. One statement of faith started Jesus towards a miracle, mm-hmm. and it drew a bunch of people into the procession of faith. This is why I call it the procession of faith, okay? Yes. Now, in the procession of faith, a lady who's been right. bleeding for 12 years says, Oh, Jesus is going to go heal her? Maybe I could just touch his garment. I've heard people that get close to him get healed. Mm. So once the pre- procession of faith starts, there's no end to what God can do in a move of the Spirit, mm. in a fresh awakening in the church or a city or a region, in mm. a revival or an outpouring. But it takes somebody's confession of faith to start the procession of mm. faith. Okay, now, That's so good. So the woman, obviously, she's saying to herself... Now, this is faith out loud because she's planting the seed. Right. If I just touch his if garment, touch his I'll garment. be healed. If I just touch his garment, I'll... she's talking to herself. Mm. She's actually murmuring the word of God. Mm. She's practicing Joshua 1.8. Yeah. She's just saying it. Psalm saying 1, it, yeah, the Saying little, it. The saying it. Saying it. Okay. So she touches him. Jesus feels the power leave him. Mm-hmm. He turns around. Who touched me? You know. And the disciples, Jesus, everybody touched you. No, 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 no. Something's different power left me. Somebody touched me in faith. Hmm. And so the woman knows she can't hide any longer. So she goes, it was me. I'm sorry. It was me, but I don't care. I'm healed. And Jesus looked at her and said, your faith has made you whole. Hmm. And she was healed. Jesus had nothing to do with it, except he was on the move because of someone's confession of faith that started the procession of faith. Wow. Now listen. So you're saying Jesus
0: had nothing to do with it. He didn't. In the sense of it, was not necessarily his initiative, she, she demanded something. She, she drew drew on his power. She
1: tapped into his anointing with her faith. Hmm. And every single one of us has the anointing living inside of us. Wow! Every believer has that Jesus living in our spirit. Hmm. We all have an anointing right now. First hmm. John two twenty. Right. We all have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians one twenty seven. Yes. We all have Christ in us. Second. Corinthians 13, 5. We have Christ in us. We're yes. his temple. We're his Holy Spirit. So, anyway, and so, and so, but then she's telling Jesus her story. It takes a little while. And then Jairus's assistants come to him and say, yep. Don't bother the teacher anymore. It's too late. Your daughter died. Yes. Jesus heard that report. Yes. Now, remember, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Fear comes by hearing every other source of words. Right. Okay? We mm-hmm. need to guard our ear gates so sure. much. Because sure. if we're hearing nothing but the word of God, all we're going to have is faith that keeps building. But if we're hearing that report or this study or this, then all we're going to have is fear and unbelief that's going to keep building. Mm. Okay. Yes. So Jesus immediately turns to Jairus and he says in verse 36, don't be Afraid, keep believing.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: Don't wow. be afraid, keep believing. I have an opinion of why he said it because I don't think Jesus wants us to make statements out of fear and unbelief. Hmm. I think Jesus wants us to keep our mouth shut hmm. until we're in faith so that our statements always are confessions of faith that keep the procession of faith going. Hmm. I think revivals stop Hmm. when people get disappointed, discouraged, afraid, Hmm. disillusioned, offended, whatever, and they start making statements out of that heart posture instead of a heart posture of faith that believes. Hmm. So Jesus is telling Jairus, don't say a word until you're in faith again. Hmm. Because right now what you heard caused you to go into fear, Jairus, but my word hasn't changed. I'm coming from your first confession of faith while you thought I could still heal her. I need you to know I'm not just a healer. I'm a God who resurrects dead things as well. That's right. So you don't need to be afraid as long as you're in the procession of faith, which Mm. always starts with our confession of faith. Yeah. Yeah. What's so powerful, if you
0: look at verse 34 and 5, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. That's the... And then it says, while Jesus was still speaking, that's when the people came. And so when we think about, well, Chad, that sounds intense. Like, we have to really pay attention to the voices that are vying for our attention and our affection and our allegiance and our faith. Yes, while Jesus is speaking, the words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Other voices are speaking. So from the text here in verse 35, it's like interrupting Jesus with this other news of your daughter's dead. And so this, this work of overcoming fear and unbelief so that we can walk in faith and love, which re- is the environment of the supernatural, the miraculous, these inter- intersect and interface so much more than we, we can even imagine, right? Like in real time. Like yeah. I'm walking, the, like you said, it was a confession of faith that released a per- profession of, procession of faith. But along the way, the enemy tried to hijack the
1: train right so and, finished, he, yeah. and he always does i mean and we know we know that Jairus didn't say anything to stop it hmm. which means that's why jesus let Jairus come into the room when he healed his daughter oh that's Be- good because now think about this if he would have gone into unbelief he couldn't have him in there Hmm. because Jesus didn't want people in the room that didn't believe. That's why he only took Peter, yep. James and John yes. and he put out all the skeptical people that made fun of him by saying she's not dead, she's just sleeping. Jesus removed all the unbelievers so it would be an atmosphere of belief in the room. Man, okay? That's so good. But Gyrus was invited in there. Yes. So Jesus's admonition, don't be afraid. Yes. Keep just believing. Believe. Just believe, right? Hmm. And so Jairus was invited, he got to see the story of his daughter's resurrection in real time, right with his own eyes, because he never went into fear. He stayed in belief because mm. he listened to the word of God and not the words of people.
0: It's so There's good. so
1: much to this lesson. Yeah, of course. But if, you, if you'll if follow this story, Chad, there's two blind guys that heard about all the ruckus from the woman being healed, mm. the, from the shouts of Jairus' daughter being resurrected, that they started following Jesus as well. Mm. And so I believe that if unbelief and fear and disappointment and resentment and all this stuff doesn't ever enter processions of faith, or yeah, that revival could go on and on and on in a city mm-hmm. as long as we keep following and obeying the word of God and not getting so hijacked with everybody else's opinions and everybody else's words. And this is so important, I think, with because we're so we're so sensitive
0: in our cancel culture to you know just make space for everyone and. And, but we want to encourage you if you're watching this or listening on podcasts, if you're in a season where you need to, you're believing for resurrection power, it's actually okay to tell some voices to be quiet. And there's, a, I love, I love that point you brought up, Dad. Not everyone got to go in that room with Jairus no, and, the, and the daughter. Just the believers. And, and, and so many of us, because we don't want to offend or hurt, we're not saying be mean or rude or a jerk or whatever, but if you're around people that are are feeding the narrative that's only increasing fear and then unbelief it's okay to say you all need to wait outside and to grab some friends and so we just want to admonish you we want to pray for for bands of people who will have Peter James and John like friendships to contend for the miraculous power the resurrection power of Jesus and so dad why don't we this episode we're we're, we're landing the plane here is there a last thought you want to say here, or you want to just pray for, for these two points?
1: Well, I think this really is the crux the battle of belief versus unbelief. That's in a moment by moment, uh, there's a tension that's constantly vying for our heart space. Sure. And it's life or death, it's spirit or flesh, mm. it is faith or fear, and there's no place of resting. Mm we we pursue opposite of what we hate the most mm. and so if we get sick and tired of being sick we're going to pursue healing mm. if we get discouraged enough at being discouraged we're going to pursue freedom in our emotions mm-hmm. if we get tired of being poor we're going to pursue blessing like we have to we have to develop a disdain for everything in the natural world that tries to take away everything the blood of Jesus has paid for amen And if we'll go for it, like the woman with the issue of blood, like Jairus who didn't open his mouth when he heard the bad report, like the two blind guys that stumbled after Jesus until he made them walk in the house after him. And he looks at them and says, do you guys believe I can actually heal you? Like they just got through stumbling through the whole town. Hmm. But as long as people kept going after the word, the procession Hmm. never ended. So good. And so as long as me and you, Chad, and everybody that watches this... Keep going after believing the Word. Hmm. The procession of healing never has to end. Hmm. And so I'd like to pray for that. So good, Can we do that? Pray over that. And so, Lord, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the truth that we don't have to go into fear. We can stay in faith working through love. We can Hmm. stay in the procession of faith because we can keep making confessions of faith. And so, Lord, I want us to get to the place where we can pray this prayer honestly. I believe, help my unbelief. We, we don't need to lie about our unbelief, but we just need to pray honestly. I believe from my heart. Help the unbelief in my head. Mm. So, Lord, I love you. I thank you for your patience. Love is patient, and you really are love. Mm. Thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you still want to heal all who come. Yes. So we bless you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.